Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDunes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show. I'm sorry, my mic got up. Is this better? Hopefully that's better. Mr. Sun. Magic's Mike's better huzzah. Uh, happy Thursday, everybody. Literally, as we were like the video was about to the intro video was about to end, I just kind of bumped it slightly, and this cable is so loose or so uh, unstable. I mean, it just kind of I was like, no, this is bad because when I come on, I'm going to be muted. So thankfully, I didn't mute myself to start the show. We'll we'll save that for later. How are you doing, yeah, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know, just a, a classic Magic Mike opening there. Something's got to go wrong. You got to get a new cable, dude. I mean, it's been it's been what months that we've been having this problem. It's not, I don't know what the issue is. Listen, it's probably user error. Let's be honest. Yeah. I appreciate you trying to blame the cable. It's probably user error yeah. here. And right before we came on, you were talking about how great the one horse was doing at Gulfstream today. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The one post had a day. I think it won five of the nine races on the day, uh, including every single price that came home was basically a one horse today. So if you use the one, uh, yeah, you would have won every tournament on horse players, every qualifier, if you just use the one horse. So what Mike Samich, the tournament expert, is telling you is tournaments on Fridays, play all the twos, Saturday, play all the threes, and so on. I, I wish I had listened to the one strategy. I had a bunch of these ones, and I didn't use any of them in tournaments. It's just kind of yeah. wild. Like, what am I doing? Anyway. Well, yeah. we know what we're doing. We're talking about Gulfstream Park's late pick five on Saturday. And speaking of Gulfstream, uh, we should lead off with this, Mike. We both talked to each other about it before the show started. It's raining cats and dogs down there, and uh, it's they're trying to rain on Dr. Miranda's parade. She's down there for to get her honeymoon started, and it's just all sorts of rain. But the problem, not just for Dr. Miranda and Kurt, but the turf races. Like, we've got this two-mile turf race that if it comes off, and likely will, it's now a mile and five-eighths on the synthetic. At least we're not going to the dirt. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's something you got to be aware of. Um, we were off the turf today at Gulfstream. It was on yep. synthetic. Now, one of the other things is the keys. This is one of the reasons why they put the synthetic course in at Gulfstream for everyone who's talking shit about the synthetic course. <laughs> you don't get nearly as many scratches. And that's what we saw today. Only a couple of horses scratched out of each of those races today. So it was still fairly good fields and good betting races. I would expect everything's off the turf all weekend because it is. it rained today. It's raining tomorrow. It's raining on Saturday. So I, I handicapped this Saturday card for synthetic with the expectation that we're going to be there. I'll mention one horse that would really change if it was on the turf, um, and that's in the last race. But other than that, to me, this was a, a pretty similar synthetic and uh, and turf handicap. Again, we've talked about this before, but the main difference is synthetic, you, you're looking for more closers. So on the turf, you want more speed horses. So you, you like obviously the horse I did not include is a speed horse that I would play on the turf and would, would avoid on the synthetic. Well, let's try and beat the rain at least till, uh, for this one. Let's get into the late pick five Saturday, December 16th at Gulfstream Park. Right. Up. God bless Equibase. Literally 30 seconds ago, the odds just repopulated here. Here we go. The first like of the late pick five at Goldstream Park, Saturday, December 16th. Race seven has seven males, three and up, which have never won two lifetime sprinting six furlongs on the dirt. They're in for 35K tags. Where'd you go on top? I went with your single. So I'm actually going to let you talk about this one because uh, you decided to single here. I went too deep. So you can kick us off. The nice thing about singling a pick five is if you miss it in the first, like, just roll that pick four right back. It's all the same. Yeah, top pick. <laughs> Um, boy, these odds are not going to be fun. And this is why I have a dollar ticket that's going to be $72. Uh, I'm going to single the number two Practico. This person probably be one to five, right? He's even money here on the morning line. And uh, it, he should be well, well, well under that. He looks like Lone Speed, drew an inner post. He gets the upgrade of a lifetime from Sonny Leon to Irad Ortiz. Takes a major class drop. He runs for a tag for the first time. Every time form dirt speed figure has improved over the last one that he had. So I like that. The only concern I really have with this is we talked about the rain. This horse's worst race by far was in the slop. It was last time out. However, a couple caveats. That race was also the first time this horse started after a three-month break. It was at seven furlongs and is at the allowance level. So now we're not doing the three-month break. We're at six furlongs, which is better for this horse. And we're 35k claimers, so should be a much better spot for the two. Practical. What are his odds going to be? Is one to five real? Like that's really what he's going to be? 
He, uh, yeah, he's going to be a very, 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 very short price. I didn't realize you singled this horse. Yeah, I thought you singled the other horse because this was not my top pick. I was so oh. confused when you were making your case too because I'm like, that's not, that's not, no, that's wrong. That's not correct. Well, the, your top horse is, if I was going to go too deep, is the other one I would have used. So I've, yeah. it's yeah, funny, it, but yeah, we saw this the same way. Almost. Yeah, it, it, you're right on everything with practical. That seven furlongs to me was was one of the big issues. I'm not sure it was the slop. I think it was more the distance than anything else. And you mentioned the layoff, so don't disagree with you there. Practical joke, generally a very good horse sire in the slop. So uh, it, it seems like this horse should like the uh, the off track, if that's what you get, should be the controlling speed. But there is quite a bit of other speed signed on in here. And I went to the five horse maptitude here as my top mm -hmm. pick. Uh, first off, the layoff here uh, for Terry Pompey, 25% first off the layoff. Layoff, love the work on December 8th, uh, was a bullet work, five furlongs, 59 and three. So I think this one's ready to roll. And this is a pretty big class drop when you look at what this horse has been taking on. Uh, so consistently improved going through the maiden special weight, ended up winning uh, on July 7th, then jumped into for 75,000, which was over the head of what this horse really should have been in for. I thought still ran well in that spot. Comes back at six and a half furlongs, did not run well that race, but now we're getting the break and we're getting what I think is a significantly easier field here as well. Um, and I, the the pace, the way I think this sets up, just plays right into Maptitude's hands. I think you're going to have two or three horses go to the front and Maptitude sits the trip and is able to sit right behind the two horse and the other speed in here. And get first jump. Also, like the price at nine to two, much better than I like the price at what I believe. Yeah, it's going to be like two to five on on Practico. So uh, I'm going to take a little bit more of a shot. See if we can get the five home here to start this off. But I, I'm going five two because I do think the two is pretty logical in the spot as well. And it's also worth noting that that race two back uh, for Maptitude, I should say, finished fourth behind Nautical Star as a first start after breaking the maiden. Finished ahead of Practico. So that was that seven furlong sloppy race that I was a little concerned about, but. Hoping six furlongs is good. And like I said, Mike, this is the other horse that I looked at. I mean, these this is not a good group of horses. That The one uh, broke the main last out for 25K tag at Tampa and now jumps up to 35K at Gulfstream. Pass. Yeah. Uh, the three huge class jumped to 35K. We were against 12K the last three starts. It's also a small barn that owns every single horse that they have in it. Um, I wanted to like the four. 0-9 since the trainer claimed out of the debut win. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, nope. The six. Not fast enough to go with the two. We got a long layoff in the seven. Like the seven started great and then went to a stakes and just like everything went away from the horse. It's really sad to see because this horse looked like the seven had some talent, but oof. Yeah, the seven really is the only other one that you're like, well, maybe I could make a case here. And I like, I just. The other Pompey? <laughs> at four to one. I can't make the case, right? Like if that horse yeah. is 20 to one, okay, let's talk about it a little bit. If I was going to make a case for someone, it would be the six who's 20 to one. Uh, but the problem is Vasquez isn't there. And yeah. Yates, usually if the horse is ready to go, it's Vasquez. And, and Vasquez is on three for a trainer he's never ridden before for who is over four for the year. Like, so it, to me, that's a, a detriment to the six. I, I, you could take a shot on the one and say the light bulb came on if you wanted, but you would still think you're going to need to improve quite a bit to beat the one in the five or the two in the five here who seem like they're the class of the field. And, you know, you get in the right price on the five and that, that was really why I, I ended up going there. But yeah, I guess you could say other Pompey to the seven, but I, I again, four to one is the wrong price on the seven. It, just because I can't get past those last three starts, which are just absolutely atrocious. There's talent there. It's just, do you think that the switch is just going to magically get flipped in this spot? And are you willing to take a price shorter than the five who has been running better than the seven that that switch is going to flip? Yeah, it's it's just too many things to try and uh, have happen. Uh, Rodney says, I love the synthetic first surf surface, killing it at Turfway. Uh, I, I hope you cashed in, what was it, the other night that person uh, or that ticket was like $256,000 or something. It was a cra over $200,000 is what that paid. So maybe you've done that. But if you like synthetic, Rodney, guess what? Race 8's probably going to be on the synthetic because we're scheduled to go a mile on the turf. This is a dozen two-year-old maiden fillies. Uh, scheduled to go a mile on the turf, like I said, but if it goes to the synthetic, it'll be a mile and 70 yards. Uh, I'm trying to beat the favorite here, the number one Calispera at 2-1, to one, but where'd you go on top? Well, before we do that, I've already gotten two texts about this. Uh, I don't know if you see oh. my joker there. Yeah. No, I, I did not get a tattoo. So my daughter now really likes the tattoos that you, like you can put on, and yep. she's a fan of superheroes. And that we found this arcade that has DC tattoos, 
and she just okay. wanted a Wonder Woman one. Okay, and she got Batgirl last time, um, and so we ended up getting three more, right? And she got another Batgirl, but so she gave that to to her best friend, um, and okay. then we got the Joker, we got uh, Harley Quinn, and we got um, Wonder Woman, and she didn't want the Joker one, and so she's like, "Dada, you can put the Joker one on." So. Not a real tattoo, just a little little rub on one. But yeah, we got a little Joker rocking on the arm right now. Uh, so that I've gotten We're not two texts be about this tattoo. already. We, we can't be forearm tattoo buddies. We yeah, oh, I guess I mean, we are. I, I'll count it. I'll count yeah. it. I mean, I appreciate this spot. Like I, I, I am. I've never had like even a, a draw a drawn tattoo. I've never been that guy. And so I'm like, I'm like, eh, this isn't so bad. You know, I could go for this, right? right? I don't mind the placement. I like the idea there. So, uh, yeah. I would maybe maybe I'll have to rock a, a fake tattoo more often on the show. Uh, anyway, top pick here. No, I didn't put the one on top here. Although I respect the heck out of the one. I mean, if this was on turf, I the ones to me first or top pick with a bullet. I, but I did not handicap this for turf because I don't think we're going to be on turf. Um, it like just look at those last three races. Those are all group stakes in Ireland and in France. Uh, and the horse ran very, very well in that spot. And to me, one of the big parts was the horse was forwardly placed in each of those races. So, you know, the one's got some speed on the rail. Jose is willing to take them out. So I, I think if we are on turf, I'll actually use the same three either way. Uh, but the one would be upgraded to my topic if we went up on turf. But since I think we're going to be on synthetic, I am going to go to the number six horse in this spot. Loristan, um, who ran once at Keeneland, uh, was showing some good turn of foot, had a brutal start, had to go four wide on the second turn, like never really had a chance when you go back and you watch the race. The style sets up well for this horse to run well on synthetic because you want to be coming from off the pace. Uh, the sire, who I'm not even going to try and pronounce, uh, is just as good on synthetic as turf. Um, and you do have a lot of synthetic races over in Europe. I don't know if people realize that, but there is quite a bit of synthetic running over there. So you do get a pretty good uh, sample size from these European sires. Love the fact that Sias picks up the mount for uh, Brennan Walsh, who... It has had one of those years. It's been very, very good. Started out the meet so far at Gulfstream 0 for 5, but has a second and two-thirds, so the horses have still been running well. you got a couple good works, and you've got synthetic works. And specifically the one six back at Turf Paradise goes four furlongs and 47 and four. Um, I'm sorry, good Turfway Park goes four furlongs and 47 and four. Tells you the six actually likes the synthetic track that it won't be a problem to be able to transition over. So at an eight to one price, uh, give me the number six on top with Luis Saez. Same top pick for me. I love Brendan Walsh, second time maidens. And, and when they're turf, he debuted at two turns. You love that. And, and man, that key, he was a four to one third choice. Like the, 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 the two favorites were three to one and he was four to one debuting. That's Brendan Walsh. And th that's to show like what to, to your point, Brendan Walsh has been having a really good fall and winter here. Blew the brake, like you said, but um, no fault of T-Gap. And the horse showed interest in running. I like that as well. Like She was trying in the stretch, mm -hmm. so that was good. Um, we agree on two horses here. Let's talk about the other one. Number seven, St. Susan, 10 to 1 here. T-Gap takes the mount for Christophe Clement, who's 33% winners, 67% in the money together in the last year. So a really good combo, T-Gap and Christophe Clement. Clement, by the way, currently connecting at 28% winners and 65% in the money in the last year at Gulfstream Park. So... He's doing pretty well with or without TGAF. The Sire and the Dam for St. Susan both won the debuts at two. The Dam later won multiple graded stakes, both on turf and synthetic. And I think that is a key, key thing for a two-year-old debuting on either turf or synthetic and going along. So I think all signs point to St. Susan being a very talented filly. It's probably why you used her too. It is. And when you when you dive into the, the sire stats again for quality road, we all think a quality road is a, you know, a, a good sire on dirt, good sire on turf. Highest percentage winners, synthetic route, 17 percent tied for the highest two year olds, 17 percent. So you, you've got the pedigree here on the synthetic side that this horse is going to like it. A lot of times with Clement horses, like if you think about him as a trainer, you don't think of gate to wire on the turf. You think of right. horses that come from the mid-pack or come from far over the way. Again, the style of horse that I'm looking for on the synthetic course. Love the 10 to 1 price. You mentioned the win early pedigree, top and bottom. That's obviously a big plus here. This was my second pick in the race, so I'm 8 to 1 and 10 to 1 as the top two picks in this spot. I uh, like them both quite a bit uh, on, dirt, on turf or synthetic. That's the other nice part about this. I like the 6 more on synthetic. I like the 7 uh, more. I, I'm fine with the 7 if we're on turf. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on those. It's it's just gonna be, uh, man. If we get these prices, I like three horses. I win here: six to one, eight to one, and ten to one. So, um, the last one I'll talk about the six to one, uh, number nine, hidden presence. This for me, it's a big jockey upgrade now to Johnny V. Had a good third last out. By the way, the Loriston race. I know Loriston had blew the break, but 
For Hidden Presence to run third there, I thought was a really marked improvement. She was right behind the one-two finishers in that race every step. And not only that, Mike, she closed the gap by almost a length on them in the stretch. So she was hustling late there. And I think she's going to get a good stalking trip. It's just going to be a matter of if she's good enough or not. And, and she's going to have to prove it out there. But I thought that was a big improvement in that last race for her. Yeah, this is my fourth horse, uh, and I only went three deep here. So uh, Hidden Presence did not make make the ticket for me. Another good, like again, you think of you think about Taprit. Another good synthetic routing sires. Eighteen percent synthetic sprints, fourteen percent synthetic routes. Uh, significantly better than turf. Only seven percent uh, turf route and five percent turf sprint. So maybe a positive for you here if we switch over to synthetic. And again, one of the reasons why this was fourth on the Johnny V upgrade, I think, is is a big one here and. Again, stylistically, should like this synthetic course, um, especially if there's any pace to chase there. I I don't think the middle race, which came off the turf, you saw speed. I don't think that's actually this horse's game. I think this horse wants to sit mid-pack and make a run. Um, and another thing about the Gulfstream synthetic, wide and being wide is not as, as bad of a thing as on the turf course. You see a lot of horses, three-path, three-path, that win on the synthetic at Gulfstream. So you can win from being in this, uh, the trip that I would assume Hidden Presence is going to get. Maybe Johnny be able to get too wide on one of those turns, but going to be tough to get all the way over to the rail. Uh, so I, I considered the nine, ended up putting the nine and fourth for me. Um, I was seven, I'm sorry, six, seven, one here. Uh, so I, I am going to use the one just because I really respect what happened overseas. Like those are some very good races against tougher fields and what we're most likely going to see here. One horse I think we have to talk about uh, before mm -hmm. moving on, Matoli Magic, the three horse, Irad mm -hmm. Ortiz, Chad Brown, five to one, going to be used with a lot of people, the five horse as well with Bravo and Mock going to be used heavily. What were your thoughts on these two? You know, it, I struggle with Matoli Magic because he's had some horses that had, I know he was a champion sprinter. He has had a, a couple horses who have been able to go long. And he is a half brother to Hot Rod Charlie, too. So there is, theoretically, there's distance pedigree somewhere buried in this little five, six furlong horses uh, background. But like this horse ran two sprints and you didn't see really any improvement from start one to start two. That's not a good sign for a Chad Brown horse. Um, and now we're going to try a mile. It feels like he's going well. Not a sprinter, maybe a miler. And when a top trainer like Chad Brown is going, not this, maybe this, not for me. Yeah, I um I was like I, I was surprised because Matoli dirt routing 20% so far. Turf <laughs> routing, 0 for 10, does have five in the money finishes, and synthetic okay. routes 0 for 1. Uh has not won on synthetic, 0 for 9 on synthetic. I just don't want to go against, I realize it's a small sample size still. I don't really want to go against those type of numbers when you're talking about synthetic and turf routing. Like it's just, it doesn't seem like it's what Matoli's want to do. And now you're going to take a short price to do it. Um, that, that to me seemed a little scary. Other thing, this is a speed horse, right? Like the three and the four and the five really look to be the speed horses on paper. I don't want the speed horses if we were on synthetic, right? I want horses that are going to be coming from off the pace. And so that made it hard for me to get behind the three, four or five. And then on top of it, you have the Matoli routing on the turf and synthetic numbers which are both no bueno uh so it, hmm. I, and i like the five the three's taking money right i mean this is the second choice on the morning line mm -hmm. the three is going to be your second choice when they go into the gate right yeah i was chad brown going long on turf for the first time with irad riding like there's that's just catnip to better so you know especially uh uh public betters so yeah i get it i don't want to use it i do want to uh I had freaking horse racing. Pedlo was in the chat, uh, one of our good friends, uh, talking about the the fourth race or the eighth race here at Fairground. He's like, oh, I hope we get even money on this horse. And the horse broke it even money. And then in one click went down to three. to five. <laughs> That's always fun. I, You know uh, what? Like, I, I think it's so weird. Like, OK, they just had the symposium and we're not going to go into that too much. But there were some people that put on like what tracks had the least late odds clicks. And mm -hmm. not surprisingly, one, two and three are all Naira tracks. You know why? Because they, they shut it off the ADW betting or the uh, with yeah. two minutes to post, they shut off ADW betting. It's a really simple solution to avoid these monster clickdowns because, like, I, okay, how many people are dropping twenty k on the last flash at fairgrounds? It yeah. ain't happening, right? Like, it not not regularly, right? So you don't see these massive odd shifts. It would be really nice if everyone just said, okay, with two minutes, with five minutes, whatever it is, we're shutting pools to ADWs because then uh, uh, I'm sorry to. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The, the wagering, yeah, computer right? Wagering, yeah. Because then, or it's a CAW. So because then yeah. you don't have these odds jumps. It's really that simple. You just If you just shut them down with two minutes, you get much more transparency on what the odds are going to be. Because if the CAWs want to get involved, 
they have to get involved with two minutes and then you get an adjustment from the public and you get more of a true number for the people who are walking up to the window with two minutes to bet. I mean, it's just, it's wild to me that this isn't just like common sense anyway. And rant. Unfortunately, common sense and horse racing, not so common. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Third leg of the Gulfstream Park late pick five on Saturday, December 16th, race nine, seven males, three and up, which have not either never won three lifetime or have not won since my birthday, which would be six months ago on that day so december 16th uh so six months before that'd be june 16th and that is my birthday anyway they're going six furlongs on the dirt in for 35k tags where'd you go on time yeah i'm gonna try and beat the four celestial gaze here um i'm gonna go right to the inside and put gangly for peter wilder on top here or peter walder on top here um tcaf gets the mount huge upgrade from a jockey perspective this is a horse that loves Gulfstream park seven wins and 28 career starts also has five seconds uh five wins for 16 starts at the distance has a very good numbers over a sloppy track, two wins, one second, and five starts. I uh, this is a horse where we're dropping in for that claiming tag for the first time since we were available last April, last June, and the the optional 16, optional 20Ks. This is the first time we're in a straight claimer here. And honestly, the horse seems like it needs it. But this is a race where I think it sets up well for someone to sit right off the pace and be able to jump and win. And that's where the three is going to be sitting. There's a couple speed horses in here. Um, one I'm going to talk about a little later because I am going to use one of them. Uh, but topic here is going to be the three horse gangly. Yep, fully agree. I went too deep here. Same topic. You, you mentioned every single thing that I had written down. Uh, I only went too deep and it's the other speed horse you were going to talk about. And it's the other Walder. It's the seven pay zone at 12 to one. Could be very, very well could be lone speed here. Probably meant to set it up for the three if you're looking at this. But the seven could get loose. And if the seven gets loose and the three isn't, I mean, these are 35K claimers. If the three is not strong enough to get there, uh, Jose Ortiz riding, that's a huge deal. And yep. really, the move from, this is no shot against Merton Kanermasi. But the move from Kanermasi running over his head a lot of times in New York versus going to Peter Walter at Gulfstream. That's such a huge upgrade here. And I think you really can't like underestimate that or, or overestimate what that's going to be. So uh, also fun fact about Payzone. Did you know when uh, this horse sold at auction, $165,000 purchase, Jonathan Kinchin signed the ticket. Really? I bet it's the most expensive uh, Mosler horse ever. Stands for 3,500. There's probably not many going for over a buck 65. So a couple interesting things there from Payzone. And I agree with you. Look, this horse is loose, right? I like there's no world where Payzone does not make the lead and speed is a pretty good thing to have over Gulfstream Park. Uh, horses ran OK in the mud, ran second uh, in, a, in a maiden claimer at Laurel. And I like the, the trainer upgrade, the jockey upgrade, like it all kind of fits here. And this is this is mm -hmm. a horse that won at Saratoga in a $50,000 allowance. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Run, won at Backwaduck in a $50,000 allowance, but broke the maiden at Saratoga. It's not like it, it, we've been running at just Finger Lakes where the last race came from. And the reason you're getting 12 to 1 is because of that Finger Lakes race. But you got new jockey. You've got new trainer. You've got lone speed. Uh, you've got who I think is really the horse to beat. The barn is also sending this one out. So I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. And the fact that you could make an argument your speed really is the two Ortiz brothers. And when that happens, rarely do we see a pay stool. They always back off for each other. And the seven is clearly going to make the lead, which means I read probably not going to push. And if that's the case, uh, the seven is going to be pretty loose there. So I, I like the three and the seven here. I'm going to go to the rail and go three deep in this spot, though. Give me uh, the one horse dangerous ride here as well. This is a horse where you kind of have to dig through it to find the races that you want to point to to make this horse competitive. But there are quite a few of them. And, and this horse won an optional uh, $75,000 at Gulfstream Park in January of this year. And they thought it was good enough to go into the, the Fountain of Youth where this horse set the pace from a bad gate and then faded pretty badly. But Saez rode him for Carlos David, both of those. Carlos David, one of those trainers who points every year toward this Gulfstream Championships meet, already has 14 starters, three winners, two seconds and a third, clicking off at 21%. And Saez jumps back aboard here for a horse that I think sits a really nice trip. I mean, this just screams, okay, we're going to hang out on the rail, we're going to let everyone go, and then we're going to make a run when we turn for home. Uh, six to one, I'm going to take a little bit of a shot here with Dangerous Ride. So I'm going to go 137 to get through here. Third up for me, uh, my biggest concern, and it's a concern I share with another horse in the next race, is that this horse I think might have we might have seen the best of, and we haven't really got. This is the first break the horse has had, um, so coming off of the three month break, I'm just I'm worried about this horse's late form and what's going to happen out here. But it is Saez riding, and you could point to those two races that Saez rode 
uh, back earlier in the year. They're pretty. I mean, even the one when he was at Churchill Downs. I mean, that's a big Churchill Downs race. Actually, Nao and Federal Judge in that spot. Yeah. I mean, those were not bad horses. Your district was in third. He's not a he's a Roman's horse, but I'm going to say this. He's not a bad horse. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. I get why I would use Dangerous. Right? I didn't make my ticket, but third up. for I can't believe how well we saw almost everything until this last leg. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we are we're, we're quite similar here. So why didn't you use the four celestial gaze? Because I mean, this was obviously not in your top three, uh, not one that I'm going to use. It's a, a dropper. Face Mish last time is a pretty good horse. Has faced Gatsby, Wadeburn, like Dean's delivers again. Some pretty good horses in the back class. What what led you away from celestial gaze here? Not a big Danny Hurtock like better supporter when it comes to the, the betting the races and you know coming off of a what six month break here. We haven't seen this horse since June. Um, I rad picks up the mount, but I think that's why you're seeing nine to five. I mean, I know he's down for the 35k claiming tag, but you look back at the earlier races, uh, was January of this year, Jose Ortiz rode and the horse was eight to one and, and finished way off the board. Like there's nothing that excites me about this horse really. And at nine to five, I'm like, is it just because I rads on? Yeah. I mean, like you could point to a couple races and say, okay, well, if we run these races, which all happened, you know, in February, March of last year, this horse wins for fun. Uh, it's just the last two races don't make you win for fun against this group at nine to five. And I, I just, yeah. it, at the price that we have, we're, we're sitting here as the favorite to me, this is one of those where you're like, look, if the four wins, I lose. And that's fine because like yep. you're going to get six to five on race day. I mean, this horse is going to go down and odds, not up because Irad's riding and because you have winning races at Gulfstream, where if this horse is able to reclaim that form, he's dangerous. But uh, again, it's one of those where you're like, you know, if, if it happens, and so be it. I would much rather have Gangly at five to two. I'd much rather have Dangerous Ride at six to one. I'd much rather pay Zone at twelve to one. And you, you know, if you're playing these pick fives, you can't just use every favorite defensively, right? You're going to create too big of tickets, and so you have to choose which ones that you don't like, which ones you're against. And for me, Celestial Gaze is just one of those where, okay, if if he wins, congratulations, way to go. Totally understand why people would bet him, just not not a horse I'm going to include on tickets. Yeah, I have three favorites, uh, morning line favorites on my ticket. Um, and one of them is that horse that it's the two that I'm singled in the first leg. That's probably gonna be one to five. So another reason for me, I don't want to use Celestial Gaze if I'm not in love with this horse because of the nine to five. There's like, a, you know, my tickets gonna have no value even at a dollar at yeah. that point. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's one of those where it's probably the correct favorite, but not one, but one that's going to be bet more than uh, it, it, its chance of winning is. Let's move on, Mike. The penultimate leg of the late pick five Gulfstream Park on Saturday, December 16th, race number 10, where we got seven males, three and up, sprinting six furlongs on the dirt. This is the N2X allowance optional claiming level. Where are you going on top? I almost singled here, and I, I like the favorite, and that's why I almost singled here. I like the five super chow in this spot. Uh, this is just, this is a pretty big drop. I mean, this horse has been running in overnight stakes or graded stakes for pretty much every race on the card. I uh, had a nice win streak, lost to General Jim. We've talked about that race in the Swale earlier this year. Uh, has come back and, and hasn't fared as well since coming back from that break. But when you look at who's beaten this horse, it's rivet a couple times. It's swerving. I mean, there's there's legitimate reasons for this horse to have been beaten. A couple of those losses the favorite, and those would be the big concerns for me. Uh, but when you go through this and you're like, okay, well, who else can go with Super Chow? I don't think anybody. I mean, that's the the big problem is that I, I yeah. do think the five gets loose here. And if the five gets loose, then eight to five seems like about the right price here. So give me the five Super Chow on top. I guess it depends on if the Ortiz brothers like each other that morning or not, because it's I again the three. I could see I ride sending the three just to just to screw with his brother on the five. Uh, but no, they, listen, they never I... do that, though. Oh no, never. They never screw with each other. No, they don't they don't like to play with betters money just for fun no, out there. They screw with other people together, but they don't screw with each other. <laughs> uh listen, this is my Ortiz three from there. <laughs> we'll just I'm just gonna let that go. <laughs> my one concern is this horse is um he's been competitive and he's been in bigger stakes just throughout that turf effort. Um he did, my concern with this with Super Chow is that he really he's the biggest break he had was that 63 day break before he went to Pimlico. And that's kind of where things kind of went, started going wrong. Again, he stepped up in class, but he's never really had an actual break since he started in July as a two year old. And I'm, horses sometimes just need to take a break from the track. Like we need to step away from the computer stop working for a while. You just need a mental break. Sometimes horses need that. And I'm starting to worry that Super Chow is at that point where his talent is putting him in these races. But he's beaten six and a quarter by rivet and Damon's mound. He's four lengths behind Damon's mound in that last race. 
I'm just I'm just a little concerned. So I went three deep instead of singling here. But who else did you use besides Super Chow? Yeah, I ended up going three deep too. I think the difference is that for the first time in a while, Super Chow is going to get the lead, right? If you look at like when that's this true. horse was winning every race, the it was making the lead at Gulfstream. Like that's a pretty good thing to do. We haven't been making the lead at Gulfstream. We're going to make the lead at Gulfstream on Saturday. I think that's a, a big difference there. Uh, for me, the second pick here was XY Point, the two horse, who's kind of the the on the come up horse, if you will, right? Um, this is one of those horses where it's not doesn't have nearly as many career races as the others. Uh, and you can poke some holes in this horse if you want to. One nicely on debut. That was a very good race. Came back on $100,000 optional at Churchill. Was a heavy favorite. Didn't run that well. Faced Super Chow in the next one at Gulfstream. Got beat. Wasn't really able to, to contend. Takes a long break. Switches barns. And I thought ran a lot better the first time out. Not going to knock it for, for kind of tiring. But then kind of found the stride last time. If you go back and you watch that, that win in the optional 25K M1X... It was a nice stalking effort and very professional and just drew away. And that was kind of more what I was looking for and what I think this horse could be. We've got to improve a little bit off that race to be competitive with this group, but not too much. Um, and again, I, I think that's the kind of trip that you want here. If you're going to beat Super Chow, you need speed and you need to then be able to pass that the Super Chow, right? And like obviously that that's logical, right? But at the same time, you got to have both of those attributes. And that's what we saw last time from the two horse XY point is that we still have the speed and we can pass somebody. And that's, that's going to, you're going to have to catch super chat. You're going to have to do it, but you need to be close enough because you're not going to do it if you're like 20 lengths off of him. So uh, I put the two XY point in second. And if Super Chow is having those issues I talked about where like maybe you just need a break and you can't finish these races anymore. That's why I also use the two. Yeah, love everything about this. Uh, all the points that you made there. Gonzalez rides back for the second time. Both of his wins for the Roddy Rod Barn were either on this horse or the one horse, which he, I don't know if he got off or if Luis Saez was like, hey, I need a ride. And he gave him the one. But I also use the one because it is the uh, the actually the favorite of the two Roddy Rodriguez horses in here. Last time Luis Saez rode the number one Avant Glory, horse beat Florida Breds by five and a half lengths over the same course and distance. Now, Florida Breds, slightly different situation here. Super Chow, much tougher. But this horse is going to be competitive. And I love Luis Saez getting aboard. And again, if I think Super Chow is vulnerable, it's good but vulnerable. I want these kind of horses here. And I don't want the three who's clearly second choice on the board. That's just... Also doesn't like to win. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you here on Avant Glory. We need a, a Roddy Rod Rudy Rod match race. Get like three Ooh. from each barn because it's it's because Rudy Rod is also RR Rodriguez too. So it'd be mm -hmm. all the RR Rodriguez's, but you wouldn't know which one's trained by which one unless you looked. And uh, we'll get Durkin. We'll get Durkin out of retirement, and he'll call it. And the winner trained by R. <laughs> Can need like a pirate barn for these guys. Um, yeah, I, look, Avant Glory makes sense for me. I mean, that's that's I like the fact that size picks up the mount. I think that's a, an upgrade over Gonzalez. Um, I, I think the horse is probably a cut below, but if for some reason the five horse doesn't make the lead, I think the one is the one that does. And so to me, this is kind of the backup speed here, especially from the rail, especially with Saez, who's going to be pretty aggressive. Horses also bred well to really like the slop, Cozen out of Adios, Charlie Mayer, like so should appreciate the off track, has run on it once, didn't run that great. Um, but like that was also, I'm, I'm willing to forgive that one there versus, yep. you know, it, it was a while back and I don't think the horse is in good, as good a form. So I, I think we'll handle the slop well, too, if we end up there on Saturday. So I went one, two, five here. Hopefully we can get it with through home with the uh, R or Delgado. <laughs> Full agreement here. One, two, five in the penultimate leg. So let's move on. The fifth and final race of the late pick five Saturday, December 16th at Gulfstream Park. It is the feature race. It is the H. Allen Jerkins handicap. It is supposed to go long. We just don't know which surface. And actually, ironically, last year, Mike, this race also rained off the turf. Instead of going two miles, it's now a mile and five eighths on the synthetic. And the defending champion is your two to one favorite on the rail of value engineering. But who is your top pick here? Well, okay, I'm assuming we're going to be on synthetic. Um, yes. And there's one horse in here I would use on turf that I'm not using on synthetic. So we'll talk about that in a second. Topic for me is going to be the five horse, six minus 10 to one in this spot. Todd Pletcher, Irad Ortiz, pretty good connections. Y'all know him. Uh, this is a horse that has had success going long on the turf with Irad. Irad's rode this horse three times, uh, one win, one second, and then a fourth in those three efforts. Last time out in synthetic, I thought the horse actually ran really well, was a, sh a, a short favorite in a field of 10 was wide the entire trip, made a nice closing kick, showed some interest, ends up in a blanket finish, finishes fourth, but it's neck 
half a length nose, and then then here's six minus. So right there for Rapoli, this is a Pletcher owned horse. So I like the fact that we're moving it here. I should like the synthetic based on the way that the breeding is. The horse has one win, one second place over the synth, as well as that fourth place effort. So all those things are positive. Has a win over this specific synthetic track. Everything kind of just fits for this horse to run well. On top of it, second off the layoff, later in the five-year-old season, you can make a case that Six Miles probably needed that race. Price is right at 10 to 1. Uh, I, I like the five quite a bit in here. I would still play this horse on turf, although I like it less on turf than I do on synthetic. Absolutely. all You nailed all my points. I didn't agree with you on top pick, but I do like this horse a lot here. Uh, I also really like, okay, so the commissioner of horse racing owns this horse, but also Todd Pletcher co-owns this horse and his father. JJ Pletcher also owns this or co owns this horse. So, really cool beat. Like, I don't want to, I'm really like over Mike Rapoli right now. Um, so, in, that side of me wants this horse to just not do anything. But I like to see the, the Pletchers, uh, especially Todd's uh, dad, you know, get a nice win here. Uh, this, hey, the horse you we, were talking about. Can we talk about, about Mike? Uh, can we talk about Rapoli and how he decided he's commissioner? Can we do it after this? I don't have yeah, the patience fine. for it. We'll do it All after right. the sequence and then we'll do it because I don't want to lose a bunch of. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, next up, for, uh, you know what? I'll talk about the horse, not my top pick, but the one you were going to mention here, and I'll send it back to you. The, the number four, F5, six to one. You're getting Luis Sias to ride this horse, and this is the one Mike mentioned that if it was on turf, he was definitely going to want to use because you look at the first three turf starts this horse had, which uh, began back in April, almost wins gate to where at Keeneland going a mile in the eighth in the spring meet. Super hard to do, especially off of a long layoff. Uh, then came back at Churchill Downs had a runaway early leader that stopped halfway through the race. So he basically went gate to wire. He thinks he went gate to wire going 11 furlongs at Churchill there came back, wins at nine furlongs at Ellis park. And then, you know, the river city, it didn't go well for him, but he didn't have a great trip. I also really don't like the fact that James Graham, who'd been aboard him for three races and sent him to the front for three races said, no, no, we'll let four other horses go in front of him here this time. That's yeah. a smart decision. So we get rid of him. We put Luis Saez on and we say, Hey, Luis, go to the front and off he goes yeah and Luis will go to the front and there's no other yes. speed in here i mean so this is this is one of those where like if if we are on turf i i think the four is a a, a horse you have to use you don't even really have a choice you got to include the four because you're going to be lone speed with saez with a horse that has run very well on the turf you could even make a case that even with the way the synthetic plays you could still use the four here because this is one of those spots where they're going to be going slow enough that you could see enough of a kick that the four is able to hold on um but yeah i uh <laughs> I um I just yeah, I see it too. The, the chat is having so much fun with loving Rapoli. Rapoli That's why right we now. said wait on yeah. Rapoli because it just <laughs> goes off yeah, the rails. It explodes. Uh yeah, so the the, the four F five, uh, one of those that I would use on turf. I didn't include on synthetic. If you want to add them in, I don't hate the idea of adding them in. In fact, you know, maybe I'll even add them in and kick, kick out the eight here because I don't love the eight and the price isn't great. Um, but the the, the four is it's a very dangerous horse over the turf course. Um Second pick for me, I went to the inside. The one value engineering won this race last year when they went onto the synthetic from the turf um, and, and had a very nice race last time out or had a synthetic try last time out. But it was a first off the layoff for a seven year old who clearly needed the race. When you watch the race, you just like, OK, this is just a gallop to set up race X. And this is race X that was setting up once you see where he comes back. So I, I think it's all systems go and we're going to get the old value engineering back. Another one where if you look through it and you're like, hey, how do, how do, how do Jose Ortiz do with this horse? Oh, oh, two wins in a second and three starts all at Gulfstream, two on the turf course going long, one on the synthetic in this race last year, which got scratched off and would go that distance again. So you got to respect Ortiz when he's on this horse. You've got to think Maker has this horse ready second off a layoff. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go the two Ortiz brothers on top here, five and then the one. Um, yeah, this is the last horse I added onto my ticket. And I was trying to beat him again with the way that, uh, I had structured everything. I kept looking at this and going, yeah, but that, that Turfway Park, almost said Turf Paris, that Turfway Park synthetic race last out. The whole point of that was to get him ready just for the Gulfstream Park championship meet. Yep. Um, it, you know, the, the fact that he only lost by length to Red Knight at that point in that, that big string with Jose riding him too. It's all good. So yeah, I'm with you on value engineering begrudgingly, but there, you got to use him. I think, um, my top pick. The number three swore at 12 to one. And this was Aaron Halchman's top pick on Blinkers Off, too. So when he said it, I went, so either we're both in for a big world of hurt or we're both onto something here. Um, this horse broke the maiden going a mile and a half at Kentucky Downs. It was a little late to get going, but that's okay. Uh, we're not going to harm you for that. You weren't meant for the Derby anyways. And Motion is always, like, he was quoted as saying, I've always thought the farther the better for this horse. And you look at how he's campaigned the horse. 
only ever been at least a mile. TGAF rides for the third time, and the two times he rode before, horse was third by a neck at Saratoga in the summer, um, got moved up by a DQ, and then broke the maiden stylishly at Kentucky Downs. Last time out, I think, you know, he probably ran a little wide. It just wasn't a great race for him. I'm trying to forgive him for that backwood duck. Bummer. It was also first time versus winners. I think he's better suited for this. And, and going that two mile or mile and five eighths, whatever, however far he goes, I think TGAF is the right job, uh, right jockey to pilot him. Yeah, I mean, Broken Vow, not a bad synthetic uh, synthetic sire either. So 15%, a little bit better. I think 12%, something like that, 13%, if I remember correctly, uh, on the turf. Cool. So right in that range, 15% on synthetic. So that's a positive here. He can handle both surfaces. Um, I, I looked at this horse for a while. I just couldn't get there. And I, I like, I just, the last race, I, I, the thing with me in that Kentucky Downs race is that is a field of 12 and this horse was one to two. How often do you see one to two horses in a field of 12 at Kentucky Downs? It's not common. No, he also won by four lengths and destroyed him. So he won the way he's supposed to. But I, yes, I understand your point. Like this horse was meant to like, this is a, an anomaly that day. Yeah, exactly. And so it's it's like if if that it's it's odd that like I'm holding that against the horse. If the horse was four to one and wins by four, I'm like, oh, that's a great performance, you know. But the <laughs> fact that you're the favorite, I'm like, okay, you did what you were supposed to do. Now you're fifteen to one. Are you gonna do what you're supposed to do again? Because <laughs> if that's yeah, the, uh, you're you're in a little bit of trouble. But I like I don't I don't hate this horse as a long shot. And like and again, could take the synthetic pretty well as well uh, because of the 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 uh, breedings. I mean. Ghost Zapper on the bottom, also a good synthetic sire. So has uh, has synth on the top and the bottom. So don't don't hate this one at a price and wouldn't try and talk you off. But I just I discredited that race two back more than I probably should have. And then obviously you and Aaron did. So that's why I ended up away from the three here. Uh, third pick for me, the seven horse. Catch that party. Joe Bravo, Mike Maker. Uh, again, love me some Maker going long. It's always been a, a positive for him. Uh, this is a horse that when you look at the the kind of the routes that we've seen on turf, the horse likes going further. And I thought we saw that specifically in the last two races at Saratoga, um, ran into a tough field last two uh, at Saratoga two back, but the last race at Backwaduck, $100,000 N1X allowance goes out there. And I thought ran really, really well. That's the longest this horse has gone in its career at a mile and three eights. I thought that was the best race we've seen from this horse in, in their career. I think it's interesting that at six maker decides to bring this one back and run it long on the Gulf stream turf here or synthetic, depending on what we get. More than ready. Talked about that one uh, before. That's a very good, another sire that, that uh, does well in both turf and synthetic. And I've been watching Bravo like I'm pretty happy with how he's been riding at that meet. Like I, I liked Bravo when he was in California. I thought he was one of the sneaky guys, especially on a turf course that you could play at Santa Anita and at Del Mar. He's riding well in this colony as well. So I don't mind taking Bravo with a little bit of a price here at eight to one. I looked at this horse and, and, and couldn't get there. Uh, but Joe Bravo, when he left, I was in uh, California. I was like, oh, we're losing Joe Bravo. He's going to Gulfstream, All right, whatever. And then, yeah. He's doing all right. He's doing okay so far. And, and he's a talented turf rider and, and a veteran. So um, didn't get to this horse, but it's it's a maker going long. And you're going to get eight to one versus, what, six to five on value engineering when he goes off. So, yep. yeah, I don't hate it. Um, yeah. do you want, I was going to say, do you want to talk about the other maker in here? Shouty, shouty, shouty. Who we, I feel like we've talked about a million times. <laughs> you read my mind. I had my mouse hovered over this comment waiting to go. And you threw right to it. Yeah, maker. With shoddy, 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 with our friend shoddy in the chat. So this is really great. Uh, what do you think about? I mean, no, this horse hasn't been competitive in in a long time in a spot like this, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, like, <sighs> it's good. I can't get there. <laughs> um, it feels like they just put this horse in over its head a lot. You know what I mean? And and it's tough for me to think that we're going to be able to turn the tables on value engineering based on the last two races we saw at Gulfstream Park. How did this horse earn $300,000? What did this horse win that got? Oh, the $105,000. Oh, that's why. Back-to-back -back $100,000 plus allowances. That's why. <laughs> like, like, ran, ran like consistently got paychecks too in those. Because even before that, ran third in 92000 then ran third in 115 then second in 115 then won 105 mm -hmm. Like You get some paychecks just from going through those type of races. Made over $180,000 that one year. This horse really just... It, the bad races are whenever this horse goes to stakes. When this horse is in the lawns, all those races that we've been listing off, those are competitive. It's just a spot like this isn't going to be where I think we want to play this. But listen, for yeah. Shoddy, if this, <laughs> how does this horse win? If it wins and knocks us out, Shoddy, 
we'll be happy for you, I guess. Just make sure you put money on it if that happens. Uh, it, one of those sources where, like, if you want to talk me into playing underneath and, like, tries, I think I could make a case for that. But I, it's, it's hard to think that this horse is going to be able to win. And the problem is uh, this horse ripped through all its allowance levels. I mean, yeah. what, what N3X allowance is Shoddy Shoddy going to win in New York? Right. I mean, those are pretty tough yeah. races when it's 80K and 3X. And so it's like, it's tough to figure out where to put this. I will say this. Um, if you want to make a case for Shouty, 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 the case is Mike Baker took over for this horse. Two back, right? Horia Bray was training before that. And mm -hmm. if Mike Baker is still keeping this horse in stakes races, he thinks that there is, there's something there, especially going long. And he's, again, a very, very good long on the turf trainer. Yep. Yeah, there is. There could be something there. You could. It's just not gonna be for us. But there, if you like shoddy, shoddy, what we're saying is don't take shoddy, shoddy, shoddy off just because of us. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with. The, I'm. I'm gonna use the four. I talked myself into it. I'm using the four okay. F five instead of my last horse. I was gonna use the eight uh, McLovin, who five to two in the morning line. I like. I, I didn't realize we were gonna get five to two because I handicapped this before the prices. I thought we we're gonna get a better price than that, and I just. I, I think the horse is logical. The horse makes sense. But at the price, like, really? The second choice? I, I, I'm not interested there. So I'm going to switch from the 8 to the 4. So I'll, this, I'll use the 4F5 in mine. I'm going to look it up right now. Is this horse jumping last time? Fairhill is a jump track, but I don't know if they do flat. Oh, it's a, the only flat race that they have. Yeah, it was a That's flat interesting. race. Okay. It was a flat race that was untimed. And so you look at that race and you're like, okay, well, the horse can handle two miles, but you don't get any information around it. And the horse was even money. And I have no idea who any of the other horses in that race were. Um, so that's probably not a, a wonderful thing. The horse also went gate to wire in that race, essentially gate to wire in that race, and has never mm -hmm. been near the lead before. So it's like, how much do I really want to, how much credence am I willing to put into a race, which is untimed? I know no one from it. It was a stakes race. And the horse did something different than his normal style. Like to me, that there's just too much to, to then be like, oh yeah, the horse totally deserves to be eight five to two. The one case you could possibly make, we're back in the Arnie Delacour barn. This horse was with Delacour twice, won both of them. So yeah. maybe, but that was the main win, the allowance win that was early 2022. So lots changed since then. Yes, a lot a lot has changed since then. It was a favorite in one of those, was a short price in the other one. Mm -hmm. Um honestly the mile and a half Keeneland, that's not terrible to win that race. I mean, hard rye guy, I believe, if I'm thinking of the right horse, had a decent career off that too. So yep. um and, and you know, faced Soldier Rising the next time out of Belmont and ran pretty well there. Um so it, like faced me and Mr. C, who was a very, very good synthetic course here at Gulfstream, but then started to rip off actual stakes wins on other courses as well at uh, Indiana Grand and Ellis Park there. So I, like, I, I understand why McLovin is a horse that you could use. I, it's the five to two price when I see it, where I'm like, well, I can get six to one on, on a different horse. I'm just not willing to take half the price on, on this horse, especially when I'm using value engineering is going to be the favorite in here. Well, that's going to do it for the handicapping portion of the Magic Mike show. We'll give out our tickets one last time. We'll take a, take a look down below if you're watching our video content here. By the way, hit like if you can before you leave. Uh, for the podcast listeners, we'll read them out for you one last time. I'll start. I'm going to single the two. Then I'm going to go six, seven, nine with three, seven with one, two, five with one, three, four, five. That's seventy two dollars for one dollar base. Mr. Summage. I'm going to play a 50 cent ticket and it'll also cost you $72. I'm going two five with one six seven with one three seven with one five with one four five seven. So 72 bucks for 50 cents. Boom. There it is. All right. Mike, what is going on with Mike Rapoli? Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, this guy, like in the last few months, it's just like spiral, spiral, spiral. Well, it's, okay. I, I, I'm going to, I don't mind what he did. And I, I will at least give him props that he put money where his mouth is and like hired people and built something up to say, OK, we're going to try and change things in horse racing. But who in their right mind goes on Twitter to your followers and then says, am I commissioner? Yes or no. Like if you do that on Twitter and you lose, if, they, if more people vote no, you're just you're doing something wrong because no one likes you in that case. Right. Like it to me, it just made no sense. That, OK, this is how I'm just going to self-proclaim. I don't love anyone who self-proclaims himself anything. But like to, to say this is the election, I am now commissioner of horse racing. It's like, OK, dude, like you might as well have just said I'm commissioner of horse racing and started doing it. And I would have respected that more than having a fake poll on Twitter, which, by the way, you totally would not have not done this anyway. Had that been a no vote instead of a yes vote. He also was like threatened to quit four times. And like, I'm kind of over people threatening to quit and then continuing to do something because they're trying to use them getting out of it as leverage versus just 
you know, continuing on and saying, okay, I don't like how this is. Let's figure out how we can change that. So, yeah. There are a lot of things that Mike Rapoli does that are really great for the sport. Um, Agreed on that. Aftercare, his yeah, aftercare what... donations, his his backstretch worker, like the, the amount of money that this, and he's got a lot of money, but he puts a lot of money in the sport, not just in the horses, like the people, like the backstretch yeah. workers, the the chaplaincy associations in, of New York. What he, he did does a for lot the, of great things. What he did for the backstretch of Belmont was phenomenal. I don't know if you saw the 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 story that they did on that, but he like put it in a school there. He put like he he did yep. a phenomenal job for the backstretch of Belmont. And he's done a lot of really good things for horse racing. It's just this one irks me. Right, and that's the thing. I don't want. I, I think I started this off on, but it's just currently Mike Rapoli seems to be um, spiraling pretty bad. But he does a lot of great things and he has great ideas. This is he's you know what he's doing. I don't know if you even remember this, but Aaron, if he's still watching, would he's become luch 2.0 you remember ron pellucci mm -hmm. way back when you and i started this show yep. and luch was a freaking maniac on twitter um and now what luch was doing rapoli hasn't even come close to but he's he's starting to approach luch levels here and luch was somebody who 80 million times was like i quit i quit i can't do it i'm not gonna do this and, and no this is terrible and then two days later he's back or he's spending a bunch of money so you know what you know what i wished that he would he would do like okay if you like, if you want to be commissioner of horse racing, I wish you would actually act like a commissioner, and then you have to. But to do that, you think about every other major sport, right? Every single team is owned as a private entity. None of them are public companies, so none of them have to report to a board of directors. None of them have the stock price to worry about. If someone wanted to do this right, you go and you buy CDI, you buy Naira, you buy uh, Stronic Group. And you make it eight tracks and you privatize those eight tracks. Each one has a single owner. And then those eight tracks sign jockeys, sign trainers to contracts that they can run at those places. So they get paid whether or not they win or not, they get paid. But you cannot run at those tracks if you're not signed on. And then all of a sudden you control everything because all the takeout would be the same. All of the different race times you choose because you're owning all of those places and you create a privatized horse racing. And then you're able to have standardized rules. You're able to have standardized takeout. You're able to control what the the, you know, the suspensions are because you have a single commissioner who then has the ability to suspend trainers, suspend jockeys. Like It makes it so much easier to police the sport if you privatize it. The problem is no one wants to step up and buy the 10 most expensive racetracks in America to be able to privatize it and actually make it flourish. Yeah, and that it is fantasy land. It's complete fantasy land. That's actually how you fix the problem. If anyone wants to try and fix the problem, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it is, and that's. The, I think it, he's coming from a good part. Like at least we want to believe. It seems like he's coming from a really good place with what he's trying to do. It's the execution and the planning or lack thereof. Like if he creates this what National Thoroughbred Alliance or Commission or whatever the hell it was called, and he hires Pat Cummings super smart guy in the world of horse racing from a business perspective mm -hmm. trying to understand and improve it and you have the horse racing symposium which is kind of a joke to most of us anyway but it's supposed to be about making change and neither of you go there or even attempt to go there it's hard for me to believe that you want to make change and you tweet out about like well we all have to work together if you're not working with anybody and you're not making the effort you're not showing yourself like you show yourself all over twitter you'll put yourself out there a million times and your echo chamber and all your friends and all your followers that are, yeah, yeah, we, we love it. Yeah, go might go. That's such a tiny little percentage of the world of horse racing. And well, horse racing is such a tiny little percentage. So it's just, it just gets ridiculous when this stuff happens with, with Micropoli. Just, yeah. ah, it, yeah. the, the idea is there. Just your execution, like everything in horse racing, your execution sucks balls. Well, and, but I will say, like, good on him for hiring Pat Cummings. Because that is someone yes. who, like, it, it's very smart idea. Yeah, very smart man who knows the industry very, very well. And he, like, he's, you know, who's paying that salary? Mike Rapoli. So he, you got to give him yes. credit for that, at least, right? Like, he's putting the money toward it. But it's just, I, I wish that, uh, I, I wish that Fantasyland would, could exist. And you could actually, with one swoop, make it so that you can fix the sport. But that's just, it's not possible. Okay. So, Curtis Mantle, this will be the last thing we'll bring up. Curtis Mellon says it's only a matter of time before Rapoli tries to run an unraced horse in the Breeders' Cup. Would you believe Mike Rapoli would try to do that? With Todd Pletcher, you think he would try and force Pletcher to run an unraced horse in a Breeders' Cup race? Because that's what Luch tried to do. 
He got I mean, pissed off at the Breeders' Cup and threatened to quit once because the Breeders' Cup said, horses never touch the ground. We don't care if it's not a full field. You're not racing a maiden, unraced horse in the damn Breeders' Cup. I wouldn't be shocked if he tried it. Like, I, it would be hard. Like, I don't, you're, it's never going to work, right? Like, right. But he would try it and then throw a giant stink about it, threaten to quit, and show up two days later at the sales. But, like, he would totally throw a maiden in there. And I wouldn't even say there's anything wrong with that, right? Like, if, you know, because, yeah. Uh, he totally hey, threw a maiden 14th, in there. Forty's got a fourth leg. It's just not where the broken one's supposed to be. Yeah. Whoa. Taylor Maid's going to find that out soon. Anyways, thank you, everybody, for joining us with this, uh, for talking about the big stuff, and, of course, for joining us for the Gulfstream Park Late Pick 5 on Saturday. December 6th. That's what the show was to start. Uh, but, of course, Mike Rapoli, as he does, interjects himself in everything. I do want to thank everybody for joining us. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Uh, We've got the weekend. uh, We've got the Springboard Mile on Friday, which is Aaron's, one of his favorite races of the year. Preview for that over at RacingNews.com. And if you haven't yet, check out Trivia Tuesday. It was something that we just started this past week. Uh, It's all about the Springboard Mile. Aaron competed against John Lee. So see how you do 10 questions plus a bonus at the end uh, with Trivia about the Springboard Mile. That's over on the YouTube channel. And, of course, check out Blinkers Off. They covered all the stakes action this weekend. And if you want some football, you can do Dudes Who Bet Sports, Aaron and Papa Dude, covering the bowl games, every NFL game. Or you can just tune into VEASAN because this guy right here, he's pretty good at football too, Mike. Hey, we had a weekend last weekend. Uh, 11, 2, and 1 in the NFL last weekend. So that, uh, that that's not so bad. So, wait, so we're trying. You said that you, hang on. So we didn't have a show Monday because Mike was like, I'm stuck in Vegas. My flight got delayed. No, you went 11, 2, and 1 on your NFL bets and you were so hungover, you'd just woken up and missed your flight. That's what happened. I, I, I actually wasn't even that hungover. I mean, I was, uh, it was, <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, that. No, yeah, but we ended up with the three o'clock flight back. And I, I was, I was, if, I was on VEASAN for like an hour waiting for my flight from like 1 to 1 or 12.30 to 1. So you can go see me. I was playing. They actually, oh, this is great. Great, great job, Magic, for bringing this up. They have a game called, uh, oh, man, now i got to remember the name of it. Um, it's a game where you put quarters into it, and it's horse racing. Oh, do, do, I, do. yeah, I know what you're talking about. The D, I don't know if they still have it, but the D. They do. Okay, it's called Sigma Derby 4000. Yes. And you, you have I love to. that. You have to actually get quarters from the quarter machine. Yes. And then you drop the quarters in, and then you pick the, like, the, each Quinella has odds. So there's five horses. You can play the one, two, the one, three, the one, four, the one, five, the two, four, two, two, three, two, four, all, so on and so forth. It was an absolute blast to be able to play that game. So to, total, total, like a, a lot of fun. And I, I ended up being there. I put five bucks in. I played for an hour and walked out with yep. $46. I think you can totally game it because, like, if you understand horse racing, you can tell who the favorite is based on the odds of all the horses. And then you can tell who the second favorite is and the third favorite is based on the odds of that horse with the other horses, right? And then you can come up with, yeah, there's Sigma Derby. It's still in the D. You can go there. You can play it. You actually put little quarters into it. And then those this you is can a see shot the odds the there. D. This, is, this is literally at the D casino. <laughs> yes. And it's like, it's like this old school racing game. Absolutely a, a blast. They serve you drinks while you're playing this. And you're going to be playing 25 cents every 30 seconds which means that yep. like it'd be the cheapest way to drink in vegas is this machine right here because you could just sit there forever and just play this thing for 25 cents and you're gonna hit a couple here and there but yeah i i it was there it's I, okay my i'm gonna my hour was profitable and i was surprised by it because i did not think i would be able to be profitable playing this game i figured you're definitely gonna lose but uh it was a lot of fun so definitely go check out sigma derby at the d if you're ever in town uh i know I someone it's someone's going to Vegas this weekend, actually. So, yeah, yeah. maybe uh, Mr. Aaron Haltman will head over to the D and uh, check this out. Um, Curtis Mellon in the chat says, I blacked out and blew hundreds of dollars on Sigma Derby at a bachelor party a few years ago. That's how many quarters were you putting in the machine? I mean, well, you can play you can play up to 10 quarters on every any combination. So two dollars and 50 cents per combination. Um, I was playing a bucker race and just picking one and putting a dollar on it and like picking anywhere from 10 to one to 20 to one and hit it. I hit like 19 to one. I hit a 12 to one hit an 11 to one. Right. So you hit a couple of them and you're, you're golden there. Um, but yeah, you could like, there were people that were dropping like, I will say five to seven bucks a race that were just dropping the quarters in. But the best part, the best part is that when you win, you can hit the cash out button and all the quarters actually come out. And you're the... And then you get to put the quarters in a little bucket. And then you can drop the quarters in for the next race. You're not like playing a slot machine where you don't actually get the quarters. I liked the sound. I liked like, you know, 
I thought that was definitely a, a fun part of it. So yeah, Sigma Derby, the D, definitely a lot of fun. Aaron Halterman, I'll be seeing you this weekend, although I'm still trying to figure out where our dinner reservation is going to be because everywhere is freaking booked. But we may end up downtown just so we can all go play Sigma Derby after. I was going to put this video up. I'm so happy you talked to us about this because I love it. And this is how it looks. Like, it's they're yeah. really ratchety. Like, it oh, looks it's, super old school. It is janky. <laughs> it is like, and it's funny too because you can tell. So, we're, like, you can see the race here. You can tell who's going to make a move when they're turning for home because that horse starts moving faster back and forth. Uh-huh. So, we'll see. Oh, oh, they covered the horses. So you can't see. But right about now, you're going to start to see like the closers. Stop are gonna covering start- the t- the, yeah, so this the blue horse here. there. You can see, like, starting yeah. to go, and like, so you know who's going to make a move. It's a lot of fun to root for, too. So right there, you got two to one on the two four exacta, and it's a box, right? It's not. Yeah, you don't have it's to a go quinella. Cold. Yeah. Sorry, quinella. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Forgot that that's a word too that we haven't used. Anyways, it's a lot of fun. Next time you're in Vegas, go check it out. Um, the sounds are awesome. Everything about this game is so fun. So hopefully, if you're in Vegas, hopefully Mike and Aaron, you guys can make this work. If you do, we need some video content because that would be amazing. Just like every one of you was amazing for sticking with us. We got to get out of here because we're cutting into dudes who bet sports time. So sorry about that. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Keller. He's at Summer Bomb 18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore dudes. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. I like the Chargers, Raiders under 34 and a half, Gerald Everett over 29 and a half receiving yards, and Robert Spillane over eight and a half tackles plus assists tonight. Go watch the best sports. Bye. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.